0: Welcome to another episode of the Raw Paleo Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Emmanuel Zuckerman, your host, and today's topic is going to be Feral Children, also known as Wild Children. We're all familiar with some stories about wild children, be it Mowgli from the Jungle Book, or Tarzan, or Romulus and Remus, the supposed founders of Rome, who were raised by wolves. So these are all myths and legends, but there are plenty of stories of real feral children and my goal in this cast would be try to learn some lessons from them. Now the tricky thing about learning lessons from feral children is that all stories have to be taken with a grain of salt. Only indirect evidence can suggest whether someone is a feral child or whether something else is going on. And often there is something else going on. There can be many reasons. Sometimes the story is completely made up for financial reasons, and the child is used for like circus or attraction, like tourist attractions. For example, the child might have some disorder of being extra hairy and then they'll claim that, I don't know, it was raised by chimps or whatever it is, and then use that to make some money. Other times, the child might be retarded and was mostly raised by humans, but perhaps escaped and was found next to some animals and it is concluded that the child was raised by them but that is not the case. In other cases the child may have been imprisoned by humans, family or otherwise for whatever abusive or selfish reason and then the feral child story is used as an alibi. So for this reason every feral child story has to be taken with a grain of salt and with some amount of skepticism But nonetheless, there are cases that appear to have been verified or at least have some strong evidence to them. For instance, experts may have interviewed or tried to interview the child and the way the child behaves convinced them that it was feral. This too is a little indirect, but let's go with that and see what kind of lessons we can learn, maybe use some other information to check if these lessons make sense. So, feral children are said to be raised by various types of animals. The range is honestly shocking. It can be primates, wolves, dogs, bears, sheep, cattle, goats, ostriches. Most of the feral children grow up permanently underdeveloped in terms of social and language skills. For instance, they might never learn how to speak or might only know a small number of phrases. They might behave socially ungracefully, say, not let anyone touch them or the exact opposite, try to hug random people or want to be hugged. They might call everyone that passes by sir or lady or or they might look at people in a certain unusual type of stare. It is interesting to note that the kids who do have language skills developed often want to go back into the wild. So now one of the lessons from these feral children is that we naturally become like those around us, especially those we grow up next to. If you watch videos of, for example, Oksana Malaya, who was a girl who was basically raised or at least lived with dogs in a kennel because her parents were neglectful alcoholics and when you watch videos of her you see that she acts like a dog and it's really convincing she when she barks it's like a full her whole head moves in the bark it's not like if you or i were pretending to be dogs we would just bark with our mouths another interesting example is bird boy who was raised in a room with birds like domestic birds like parrots and other birds like that and apparently his mom fed him but never talked to him so he would communicate in bird language which meant chirping. There's another feral child nicknamed the goat boy who was supposedly raised by goats and he walked on all four. So this observation that we mimic subconsciously whoever we are around and especially who we grew up with is pretty consistent with how our accents work with our gestures and our facial expressions, we definitely become like those around us. And apparently this isn't limited to humans. If you're around animals a lot, you will start becoming more like an animal. Another interesting lesson is that the animals that adopt these humans are actually quite protective of them, unlike their human family. For example, when authorities came for Oksana, who, just as a reminder, was basically living with a bunch of dogs, her dog family chased them away. Similarly for Monkey Boy, whose story is that he witnessed his father murder his mother and he then ran off to the woods and was raised by vervet monkeys. When the authorities came to reclaim him, the vervet monkeys threw sticks at them. Not only is it the case that these animals are protective of their human adoptees, but sometimes these feral children occupy positions of authority in the group. For example, Ivan, a dog boy, became the pack leader of this dog pack. He was between 4 and 6 years old and he would beg for food and then share it with the dogs. And in return, they kept him warm in the freezing winters of Russia and protected him from other humans who might want to rob, molest or abuse him. And they even protected him from the police when the police wanted to reclaim him, just like with Oksana. Now, let's turn to food. Oksana was raised by dogs, as a reminder, and she would eat raw meat straight out of the carcass. Another interesting case is ng Chedai, who was found in a jungle, and she was thought to be in her late 30s when she was discovered, and said to be missing when she was only four years old. So in other words, she was in the jungle for like 30 years, and she lived off of fruit, insects and she would watch other animals hunt and scavenge for food and take what they didn't finish. She would climb around in the jungle climbing trees and move very effortlessly in the forest. One of the interesting things about the story is that the locals don't believe that anyone can survive in the forest for so many years and she was four and did. So, I'm not sure if this suggests that the story is fake because it was covered pretty extensively and seems to check out, or whether the lesson is that people have an unwarranted arrogance in their understanding of things, which is pretty common in my view, and think that you can't survive in the wilderness just because. They don't know how to do it and it's common for all experts to agree that something like this is impossible and then it turns out to be wrong for instance all experts agree that you can't eat raw meat and yet here the feral children are surviving off of raw meat and they're fine and of course there's a whole community of people who eat raw meat as well as the inuits and other documented past human societies that would eat raw meat And yet all experts agree that you can't eat raw meat and you'll die if you do. The feral children that appear back in civilization usually seem to have no nutritional deficiencies which again suggests raw foods can keep you alive and it's notable that these are basically young children who are unprepared both mentally and in terms of skills to survive in the wilderness they don't know how to trap, in almost all the cases, they don't know how to make tools, and they don't know how to fish, and yet they manage to survive somehow, sometimes because the animals take care of them, but in the case of Nk Chedai, there is no mention of an animal protector, so in this case, she simply managed to survive. Another interesting lesson is the physical adaptations that feral children get from their life in the wilderness to illustrate this let me tell you about the wild girl of Champagne so story goes this is in the 1700s or around that time so again hard to verify what's true and what isn't but it seems that the story is true but basically she was a Native American girl who was transported to France and soon after she got to France Her caretakers died and she ended up living as a feral child and she was around 9 years old in the forest of France. This is during the times of the plague and this girl makes Tarzan look tame in comparison. She would climb trees like an ape and apparently her fingers were unusually big even though her wrists were normal and this is presumably an adaptation to this climbing her eyes would dart very quickly in a horizontal way and she would have very good eyesight and this eye darting is presumed to be a defensive adaptation in case some animal wants to sneak up on her. She is watching at all times. She would fend off wolves with a club and at some point she was seen near a village and the villagers were afraid of her and one of them unleashed a bulldog at her and she smashed the bulldog on its head with a club and killed it. She would drink water like a cat, basically immersing like her chin into the water. She would skin frogs and eat them. At some point, the villagers trapped her by pretending to offer her gifts of food, like fish. And then she was brought into civilization. And later on, one of her human adopters took her hunting and apparently she was ridiculously fast as a runner and she would run in some odd way kind of like skipping and apparently she pursued flushed out rabbits and hares and caught up with them and then captured them it doesn't really specify the details but i'm imagining that the rabbits ran away and then hid in a burrow and then she pulled them out of there in other times feral children seem to have calluses in places like their hands and their knees, which would make sense considering that they're crawling around, sometimes imitating, adopting animals. Sometimes they walk on all four and their bones actually adapt to that. And one more example of physical adaptation is a story about a feral child, this is a few centuries ago, that was able to just hang out in the snow with no clothing, without any problems, For modern people this would be very difficult, at the same time there are people who practice cold exposure and they could probably handle something like that. But they do it through deliberate practice whereas these wild children, it is simply a natural extension of their lifestyle. Another interesting lesson is how feral children react to being fed cooked food. The main theme is that they react really badly and they become seriously ill. For example, Monkey Boy, who was raised by vervet monkeys, as soon as he was fed hot food, ended up spending three days very ill. Similarly, going back to the Wild Girl of Champagne, civilization forced her to eat food preserved in salt, to drink wine, and as a result, she lost teeth and her nails. Salted bread pained her, biscuits and cooked meat made her vomit, and even cough up up blood. She began experiencing pains in her stomach, bowels, and throat. They thought she was going to die so they went ahead and baptized her and then to save her they let her eat some raw meat although at this point she was so sick that she couldn't even eat it and instead she would just chew and suck the juice out of the meat. Other times she'd be given a live bird from which she would suck the blood. Overall this excursion with cooked food resulted in her health being permanently damaged. But I think the lesson here isn't actually about the damaging effects of cooked food. I think the situation is more complicated because we know that animals can eat cooked food and they're usually fine afterwards. So I think the issue here is that we don't have natural instinctive stops for cooked food. You can eat as much cooked food as your stomach can fit as opposed to raw foods where you get a message about how much you need. So in other words, it's very easy to overeat uncooked foods. So in the case of feral children, presumably they have been hungry for many years. They survived, but I doubt they're overfed and their body's probably not accustomed to eating massive portions of unfamiliar food. So when they were fed this unfamiliar food, they just kept shoveling in because they're so hungry. And because their body isn't telling them to stop, they ended up overeating, and people who are starved and then overeat get serious ill effects. At the same time, these feral children did have a natural resistance to eating cooked food, but nonetheless, they're forced into it. So to recap today's cast, the main lessons are that one we become like those who are around us subconsciously whether or not they're human whether or not they're actually like us and whether or not this is actually effective in any way another interesting lesson is that animals can be very compassionate even towards humans and i think the most important lesson is that we can survive in the wilderness even untrained and without tools